Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Hyman, I'm coming to you live. It's season two, episode five, uh, and we're rocking and rolling here in season two, man. It feels like we just started like yesterday and now we're already five episodes deep. Uh, this is episode four of the Build Better series, and today we're going to focus on building better base runners. Um, just kind of a recap of the Build Better series. We started with building better culture, or sorry, no, we started with building better hitters. Uh, in that episode, we talked a lot about kind of philosophy on hitting and our BP structure, which puts our guys in better situations uh, or puts them in game-like situations every day so they can execute a little bit better in game. We want that uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness of those situations to become normal through building better hitter pod, the Building Better Hitter podcast. Um, you can kind of learn about our BB, BP structure and some of the things we do to put them in better situations there. Episode two, we talked about building better culture. Um, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know where I stand on culture. I think it's the most important thing that we do. Um, the third episode was building better outfielders, and today we are talking about build, building better base runners. So I'm not. We're kind of running out of build better, uh, building better topics. So we've got infield play, catching, and pitching left. So I might bring somebody else on to talk about those things because you know the pitching's a little out of my a little out of my wheelhouse, and I know some guys who would probably be better talking about building better infielders than I am. Um, but we'll figure out where we're heading after this, but. You know, I do want to give you just a brief intro into where we're headed today. Uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, building better base runners and kind of the way we're going to break down. i got a brief intro here with about four points. Um, we're going to talk about the core principles of great base running teams, the things that I really think are important, the things that if you look at great base running teams in general, um, they all do some things really, really well. We'll talk about execution um, some points of emphasis for base runners and some drills that help build, just build great base runners. So uh, we're not going to waste a whole lot of time. We're going to jump right into it. So, you know, I I think the thing I wrote down on my, my notes sheet right here is, is probably kind of the foundation of this podcast is the fact that, you know, for me as a coach, and not everybody agrees with this, but for me specifically, uh, base running is the foundation that we build our offense on. And um, there's a few reasons why. Um, I think, number one, I've been around this game a long time, and, you know, coming out of the region that we came in, that I came out of at South, you know, you're going to face a D1 arm most nights uh, in region play. And if they're not a D1 arm, they're at least a college arm, and they're pretty good. And some nights you're only going to get three or four hits and you better be really good at base running because your special teams is how you're going to score runs when the bats are cold or the pitcher's really good. And if you don't put an emphasis on that every day, um, it's really hard to be great at it. And it's really hard to scrap runs across and win one, nothing, two, nothing, two, one baseball games when, you know, you're depending on not balls in play and not, um, base hits to get guys in, but just really good base running. So that's kind of, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, there was a situation that happened to me in uh, 2021. And 2021 was a big year for our baseball program at South Lawrence. You know, it was the first first time in 15 years we had run, we had won 20, 20 games in a year, had a great team, won the region, 
you know, rolled into the playoffs as the number one number one seed in the lower state, um, had a lot going for us. And we lost the May River at home that day. And um, that loss in the playoffs set us behind. And I think we, we went three and out um, that year. But the one thing that I always went back to and the thing I tell all my players about when we really, it was, we really started amping, ramping our focus up on base running in 2022 after what happened in 21 is, you know, we tell them this, you know, tell them, take them through that whole scenario where our game ended at home plate uh, in a situation where we were down, we were down two, we had first and second, two outs and about four things went wrong on that play um, with our runner at first base. Number one, he didn't have a big enough lead. Number two, he was unaware of the situation and the number of outs. So uh, he was late. He was late moving. Um, and he was already moving from a distance that was less than optimal. Because of all that, he took a bad rounding angle at second, and he took an even worse rounding angle at third, and he got thrown out by two-tenths of a second. Okay, so I always wondered after that, like, how would how would have, would our would our season have ended any differently if we would have put an emphasis on that extra two-tenths of a second and how we could have been better at that? And the equation or the answer I always come to is, yeah, probably. Um, you think about the amount of work we put in in a year and the things that we work on. I mean, our guys work from August until the last outs made and in July and summer ball. You know, they get very little time off. And your season ultimately comes down to your execution in the playoffs. And the team that does all the little things right in the playoffs makes the fewest amount of mistakes. They're normally the team that's left standing in the end. And after that 2021 mishap, base running wise, that caught, you know, it didn't cost us our season, but it certainly put us behind the eight ball. Um, I said, I'm not ever going to let base running be the reason why we lose a game. I'll make it the reason why we win games. So in doing that and going on this journey that we've gone on to try to become a great base running team and this journey of building our offense around our ability to run bases, um, you learn a lot of things. And, you know, what I've learned is most high school teams, they are not great at defending above average base running teams. I'm not even talking about great base running teams. I'm talking about just above average teams. Okay. And and why is that? And And for starters, you know, it's hard to defend something that you don't emphasize in your own program. So I think most high school coaches fall in the trap of, I don't know a whole lot about it. So instead of putting some emphasis on it, we'll just try to be really good at hitting, really good at defense, really good at pitching, you know, which is good. You should be great at those things. Um, but very few coaches put the required amount of emphasis on base running. And it, I also think one of the challenges you have is time constraints. You know, most guys practice anywhere from two to three hours every day. You're trying to get a lot of stuff done. And most guys wait till the end of practice to do base run. Well, everybody's ready to go at the end of practice, right? And so you don't necessarily put the focus you need to on it, and it just kind of falls through the cracks. Because what I found is being a great base run team requires daily focus. And if you put a daily focus on it, like, as base runners, in turn you become really good at defending it because you put your, yourself and your team in situations where they have to defend it in practice. Um, so that's that's my reason why I think most teams are not good at defending above average base running teams. Um, the other thing why the, another reason why I think 
foundationally we should build on base running, build our offense on base running. It's just because high school pitchers and high school teams in general, um, you know, we want to speed the game up for them. We want to make them uncomfortable, right? Because discomfort leads to mistakes. And, you know, one thing I always credit Coach B.A. Uh, at North Myrtle Beach with is, uh, you know, the greatest compliment he got was from one of our fans. And they said, man, dude, they put pressure on y'all the entire game. Like, I was stressed out watching the game every time they got somebody on base. And they were exactly right. Because I remember thinking, watching the game, um, being a part of, you know, coaching that game, thinking, dude, we can't afford to get let these guys get on base because if they get on base, they're going to put guys in motion. They're going to put pressure on our defense. We're not doing a good job of, of holding them on. We're not doing a good job of keeping them off balance. Like, it's just a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, anytime you can add discomfort to the situation, the team who's the aggressor there is putting – is tilting the scales in their favor. And in this game where you're talking about tenths of a second and – you know, tenths of an inch and all that being the difference between safe and out, winning and losing, every little bit counts. So, you know, I, I would challenge you, like, watch a team that puts pressure um, on a team every time they get a guy on base, and, like, you'll feel the discomfort I'm talking about. The casual observer can feel it. So um, that's another reason why I feel like we've got a – that's another reason why we – Base run is a, one of the foundation we build our offense on. Um, another thing we talk about, and this is really just a good emphasis for our younger kids in general. You know, I try to remind every young team I get a chance to talk to um, about what changes as you progress through this game. And really, you know, it boils down to one thing. The speed of the game is what changes. You know, the ball gets on you a little bit faster. Uh, the balls hit a little bit harder. The pitches come a little bit faster. Um throws are a little bit harder. The only thing that really changes is speed and pace of the game. And, um, you know, if you're a great base running team, and this kind of goes with what I just was talking about, if you're a great base running team, um, you're speeding the game up for your for the other team. And um, we want that to happen because it's when mistakes happen and, and – and that's when things start spiraling out of control for other teams. And then the last thing that I think is, you know, hitting's one of the hardest things that, you know, it's probably one of the hardest things to do in all of sports, honestly. Hitting a moving ball with a bat, coming on different planes, different angles, different pitches, all that other stuff. So any way we can simplify an at-bat for our hitter, we need to take advantage of And if you're a great base running team, um, it's going to simplify ABs for your hitter and you say, well, how's that? How? Like, well, I'll explain that to you. But um, when you establish early on the fact that you're a great base running team, whether that's you steal bases or you take extra bags or both, or you put pressure on the pitcher and the catcher and defense because you're special teams or whatever, you know, whatever that is, like it tilts the scale because as a pitcher and a defense, I instantly feel pressure um, and as a pitcher specifically, I'm like, okay, I can't focus on throwing best pitch and best location because now I have to work on uh, keeping the runner close or giving my catcher a chance. So I was going to throw a oo breaking ball at the knees, but now I can't because it's like if I do that, you know, they like to run first pitch, you know, now I got to throw a fastball. Um, whenever you get high school pitchers specifically starting to think about those things, you know, you open them up to making mistakes. 
And uh, instead of getting that very nice hammer, you know, that, you know, well-thought-out pitch, well-executed pitch, a lot of times you get a mistake pitch. Um, you get a poorly located fastball that you can drive, so that helps. You know, you think also think about, you know, if you're a really good base on the team, anytime you can get a guy to second base with less than two outs or with no outs, um, that's huge because for your hitter, how does that help our hitter? Well, anytime we can maximize the opportunities in which we can walk back to the dugout feeling really good about our AB, um, we need to do it. So you think about an example of a guy on for, on second base with um with one out, you know. If you hit a ground ball to the second baseman there, that's I, I feel good. I advanced my runner, right? You hit that same ground ball to the second baseman with a runner on first base, and guess what I just did? I just grounded into an inning-ending inning double play, right? When I do that, I feel significantly different than I do when I hit a ground a hard ground ball to the second baseman and move the guy over to third base, and then he scores on a pass ball in the next pitch. I say, hey, you know, I set that up, right? I feel good. I mean, when you feel good, guess what? Your confidence goes up. Your confidence goes up, right? And when your confidence goes up, you can have the best version of you at the plate, and that ultimately is going to help the team win the game, right? So, you know, anytime we have an opportunity to simplify ABs for our hitter, we do it. Um, anytime we have an opportunity to put pressure on the defense, pressure on the pitcher, give them one more thing to think about, we do it. And those are reasons why great base running teams. You know, great base run is the foundation that we build our offense on, okay? Now, core principle-wise, there's some core principles that are important to me, and these are some core principles that really, if you look at great great base running teams, you can tell it's important to them as well. And the first one is all of them are great at the small things, and, you know, it's important to us that we're great at the small things. So when I say small things, it's that's a lot of things, but it really, really boils down to anything that you're like, hey, I can tell they put a little extra emphasis on that. And that could be getting to 12 feet on your leads. That could be coming out of the box hard, looking to take an extra, an extra 90 feet, looking to, looking to make that, make a play, looking to, um, or sorry, not make a play, but make there be a play at second or whatever. Um, you know, hitting the inside corner of the bag with your left foot versus your right foot. You know, your secondary leads at second base. All those things are things that, like, at when I'm looking at a team, I'm like, if I start noticing all their base runners are hitting the left corner of the bat, the inside corner of the bag with the left foot, I'm like, okay, they're pretty good. When they're stepping into the pitch delivery at second base, all of them, I'm like, yeah, this is a good base running team. And I start feeling the pressure a little bit because I'm like, okay. Um, Hope you brought your boxing gloves because this team's going to be really good. They're going to scrap and they're going to claw and they're going to score extra runs that most high school teams aren't going to score because they're going to generate runs, right? Teams that are great base runner teams that are great at small things, they generate a lot of extra runs, a lot of extra opportunities. So that's uh, that's core principle number one. Number two is <clears throat> great base runner teams understand the value of an extra 90 feet. And I've talked about this a hundred times on the podcast. It's something that you know, I think is vital is understanding what you do for your team when you get an extra 90 feet. Um, you know, you either understand how that correlates to success or you don't. Um, you understand how that increases your odds of scoring. You understand how that puts pressure on the defense and the pitchers and all that, or you don't. Great base on the teams, they understand it. And then the other thing is, you know, 
when you understand the value of an extra 90 feet, you also start becoming a better defending team, a better defensive team, because you understand like what you have to defend against, why it's so important that you leave a guy at first instead of him getting to second or instead of him getting going second to home, he goes second to third. Like you understand all those things. So the next uh, principle of great base running, core principle of great base running teams is just uh, something I like to call a green light mentality. And uh, you think about a three-one, three-one count, two-zero count. Those are all two-zero, or those are all green light counts for our hitters, uh, where we're looking to do damage, and we have a lot of confidence in those counts, and and we're just trying to, you know, barrel something up hard and make something happen. Um, you know, that's the same type of mentality we want our base runners to have. Uh, we want them to embrace the freedom to fail model. Like, because, and what I mean by that is, you know, we don't really know our limits until we fail a little bit and early in the season. And, and I did this a lot during the summer. I'd, people who watched our baseball games this summer would be like, man, he's like a little uber, ultra aggressive on the bases. And I am uh, for a reason. And, and I get a little frustrated with myself sometimes when I get a guy thrown out by 15 feet or 10 feet or five feet or whatever, but it's all for a reason. And, um, it's for, for us to start understanding our limits, but it's also, and when I say limits, I don't mean, well, part of that is just understanding what are good balls we can go on or what are not. But the other half of that is understanding that we're playing a game where we're, we're facing high school athletes and we got to force them to make plays sometimes. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've sent a guy home. If I did it 10 times on a ball that you know, somebody at the next level is going to throw them out on nine out of 10. We end up being safe five out of 10 and it's bang, bang, two out of 10. So, you know, we score five more runs there and we had a 50, 50 shot on two, two more. So seven out of 10 times we could have scored a run there. Um, Helping them understand that, helping them be okay with failing in those moments where we're trying to understand limitations and, and all that is a good thing. So, uh, Really good base running teams embrace that green light mentality. They embrace that that mindset of like I don't need my coach to tell me to go because I understand everything around me and I know when the right time to go first and third is, or I know the right time to steal second or steal third bases and all that. I'm looking for those opportunities. I don't need my coach to tell me. So that's the green light mentality we're talking about. And then all, when you put all that together, what you end up having is you got confident base runners. And you will never find a great base running team that is not confident. They have a certain swagger about them. They have a certain attitude about them. Uh, and everything they do is just like, okay, I can tell, like, these dudes just have that it factor. And that it factor makes everybody else uncomfortable. So th- that's what you're always shooting for. Those are the core principles. Those are the, the values, the, the core values that I'm always looking at. Um, think I tell our guys all the time like we strive to be as comfortable off the bag as we are on the bag Um, I don't remember who told me that or who said that somebody made the point like if you ever want to figure out where your kids are you know pay attention when they're you're going through teaching them how to get their leads you know everybody's good when they're on the bag everybody's good when they're three feet off the bag they get to six feet you start seeing the comfort level creep in because you start seeing the extra step they need to get goes from three feet wide to 
12 inches wide. And then when they get to nine feet, they're extremely uncomfortable. When they get to 12 feet, they never normally don't make it to 12 feet because it's just too uncomfortable for them. There's not enough time because the little baby lead steps they're getting. But, um, you know, that's really good base running teams. You can tell they think nothing about it. 12 feet is like the equivalent of them standing on the back because they know I'm better than you at going back and going forward. So unless you've got a world-class pick move, you're not going to get me. Um, and that's huge. Once we have that attitude, once your team has that attitude where they're more com- they're as comfortable 12 feet off the bag as they are standing on it, you're you're on the uh <laughs> you have a chance to do something really special base run it wise. So those are the core principles. Um graded all the small things, understand the value of an extra ninety feet, green light mentality and all that leads to confidence and just comfort and you know I think as coaches, we understand what confidence does for us. So uh, those are the core values. Now, from an execution standpoint, like how do we execute these things every day? What should my mindset be on execution? So if you ask a team that's a really great base running team or great defensive team or great pitching team, whatever, like what? How how did you get there? Well, we practice it, man. We practice it every day. We practice it every day. Coach Bird and Sherall, best pick move guy I've ever been around in my life. I said, Coach, how did, how are y'all so good at it? We work on it every day, man. Right? Great base running teams, you can tell they work on it every day. They put an intentional focus every day on today, we're going to become an elite base running team because we understand how vital it is to our success. We understand how many additional runs we can create every year by being a great base running team. They get it, right? And as a result, like as your coaches get it and then your execution's great, in turn, your guys get it, right? Because your guys are going to buy into what you make important, right? If your throwing program's really important and you start your day um, with, you know, a 20 minute catch, pitch, whatever session, um, Throwing is going to be important, right? If you spend two minutes a day doing base running as a conditioning exercise, your guys aren't going to think it's important. So uh, the challenge we have for coaches is like we run out of time sometimes and we got to really put an emphasis on what's important. And it's easy because we're comfortable with it to say, well, defense and hitting and pitching are really important. So we're going to work on that the majority of the time. I would challenge you. Um, if you're going to go down this path of base running, don't waste your time unless it's going to be the first thing you do at practice and it's going to be something that you you put an emphasis on every single day because you're not going to be a great base running team if you don't put intentional focus on it every single day. All right. So here's some ideas around, you know, how you can establish, you know, how you can execute these things. And the first thing is, you know, we're lucky at Trinity. Um, we get to meet with our guys and work with our guys all year. Now, we have to do it in a four-man workout setting, um, so we call them four-man skill, four-man skill workouts. Um, we got them broken down into groups and all that, but, you know, we'll start establishing our base running stuff in the fall, and we'll be really good at it by the time the spring gets here. Um, I think some key things that I learned along the way was don't skip over anything or assume that the kids know, like break it down to a T, right? 
you know, when we get our leads, we break that down into, into the steps, left pivot, step, step. Like that's how we get our lead left pivot, step, step. No, you went right, left pivot, step. Nope. That's not right. Do it again. Left pivot, step, step, like break it all down, you know, show them where 12 feet is literally get the tape measure out from the bag, measure it out 12 feet, put a cone there. First two weeks of practice, keep the cone there. Right. When you're talking about zones, fly ball zones, get the cones out, get the spray paint out, spray paint the dirt on your infield, you know, show them where the zones are. Don't assume they know. Don't make <clears throat> don't make them have to create their own zones early on. Like show them when a ball's hit here, you need to be here. Not the first line, not the second line. You need to be at the third line. Yep, go stand next to that line right there till the outfitter catches. All right, now sprint back. Like break it all down to a T. And it's somewhat time consuming. Um, but you'll thank me later. You'll be thankful you did it later because it becomes totally natural, natural over time, and you guys will be really, really good at it. You'll be thankful you broke it down. Explain it like I'm five. You know, there's a Reddit for that. Explain explain it like I'm five. Explain base running every step of it like they're five. They'll appreciate it and you'll appreciate it as well. Um I mean, and I mean everything, guys. The way they go home to first, what foot they hit the bag with. Um, what the lead looks like, what the lead at second looks like. I mean, all that stuff's got to be broken down. And then the last thing that I learned is do it over multiple sessions. Don't try to take base running and put it into one 15-minute blurb of information. There's too much. Coach Schmotzer is one of the greatest base running guys that I know. And he talked to me for an hour one day about going home to first. I didn't think that was possible. That's how important it is. Like, you know, so same thing for our kids. Like, we can't spend 15 minutes one day in the fall saying, here's all the things really important about base running and then never work on it. Like, just break it out. Um, if you don't have the opportunity to work in the fall, do it in the spring, early spring. Spend your first two weeks of practice, uh, you know, 15 minutes a day, just one extra piece, one extra piece, just keep adding on. Then over time, like it's going to build on each other and they're going to get really good at those 15 things that you need them to know. Um, so fall and early season, establish all the fundamentals, um, break it down. Don't assume that they know, um, give them less over more sessions instead of more over less sessions. Uh, the next thing from execution standpoint, that's important is any chance you have to put runners on base, Put them on base, man. Um, if you're doing infield only work, some I like to use a stopwatch sometimes, but sometimes just the visual of having the base runner there is good, man. Put a base runner at home plate, okay? Puts pressure on your defense. It also gives your base runners an opportunity to work on something, okay? You know, every whether we're going home to first, first to second, first to third, second to home, there's always like some key fundamentals of that that we should be trying to execute on. If I'm going home to first, um, as a base runner, my focus needs to be on where my eyes at. My eyes should be on front middle bag, right? Front middle of the bag, because my feet are gonna go where my eyes tell it to go. Right. And if my eyes are on the middle of the bag or the back or the left, that's where my feet's gonna go. If my eyes are locked in on the front middle. I'm going to, my left foot's going to hit front middle of the bag. So, I mean, there's always something to be working on. And so any opportunity you get to throw a base runner into the mix, do it. It's the only, re only way to get better. 
Uh, it's one more rep for your runners. It's pressure for your defense and your pitchers. It's one more opportunity for them to train their mind, train their eyes, and all that. So um, that's kind of where I'm at there. So the next thing from a fundamental or from an execution standpoint is, man, you got to coach them hard, right? Don't let anything slide. What you allow is what you promote, right? I've talked about that a little bit, but um, I'm not saying you rip people's ass every time they screw up. That's not what it's all about. But, you know, if you're telling your guys you're going to hit the left foot, you're going to take the left foot and hit the inside corner of the bag when you run bases and they're taking the right foot, hitting the middle of the bag, you got to correct it, right? You have to correct it because it's important. They, if they have to understand why hitting the left foot on the inside corner of the bag is so important and how that helps you stay on your optimal path. It generates power to the path and all that. You have to understand that. If you haven't broken it down, again, this is don't skip anything or assume they know. Break it all down. Like, there's a reason why we take, we coach left foot inside corner of the bag as they're going around the bases. Uh, and that reason is from a stability standpoint, it keeps us on path. If we're hitting the right foot, it takes us an extra step to get back on our optimal path, um, which means we're slower. We're not as quick. You know, that's tenths of a second. Those tenths of a second turn into outs. And that's the difference between winning and losing. So um, if they're not doing it right, you got to correct it. And for the first couple of weeks of practice, you're going to do a lot of correcting. When we made um, this big shift at South of making base running a really big thing, really big part of what we do, we made a lot of mistakes the first two weeks. A lot of mistakes. Um, and our guys did a lot of running, a lot of extra running, you know, a lot of tough conversations. Um, you got to demand perfection in practice, perfection for on the fundamentals. And, um, you know, it's important, again, because the minute that you shift your focus off of and you say you let it slide, well, what you're telling them is really not important. Um, and that kind of leads me to the last part here is, you know, you got to have a plan for how you're going to get better on the bases every single day. And as coaches, you got to hold yourself accountable to this. As your coaching staff, they've got to be held accountable to this because, quite frankly, you're going to have a bad day at work and you're going to come out there and you're going to see a kid hit the bag with his right foot after you've been telling him hit it with your left foot for two weeks and correcting it every time. And that one time you let it slide is going to be the snowball. He he was. He was one more correction away from getting it, and then you let it slide two times. And it's like, oh, okay, Coach Hyman didn't say anything about me hitting with the right foot that time. You know, our guys literally got tired of me saying, "Hey, what foot was that?" It's uh, my left. That was my right foot, Coach. All right, pole. Hit me a pole. Um, you know, but you got to be willing to do that, and it's unpopular, but your guys will appreciate it. And if you stay committed to that stuff every single day, I promise you, you're going to score an ass load of runs in the spring that you otherwise wouldn't have scored. We set every record at South Florence in our history last year um, from a from a run output standpoint. It's incredible. I saw us go first to home on balls in the gap uh, more last year than I'd seen in my entire coaching career. It was incredible. It was incredible to watch those guys run bases the way they they ran it. The reason they did, though, was we made it important every single day. We made them execute, and when they didn't, there were consequences. And over time, it became what they were. They were a great base running team. So um, you're not going to want to do it every day. I'll tell you that right now. My job at, my job at South and my job at Trinity uh, is base running and outfield play. And 
there were days where I didn't feel like going through drills. There were days where it would have been easier just to let them half-ass their lead and go, you know, half-tail their, you know, the drill. But you got to make them do it right. Now, with that said, there are going to be days where you have max effort days, and there's going to be days where you're more focused on the first three steps of everything, and you're going to have high-intensity days and low-intensity days. That's okay. But you have to have a plan, and you have to make – you have to – make sure you execute on that and hold everybody accountable to that. So, um, that's that. So that's the, uh, execution part, just some daily execution input there. Um, there is some points of emphasis on balls in play that will never change. And I'm going to tell you this because we're about to jump into some drills. So on balls in play, um, there's five things that like, never change just whatever and the first one is you know we need max effort on everything uh on balls and playing game and we ha- we want to take the green light mentality right we are looking to make a play we are looking to take an additional base i have the freedom to fail i have the freedom to go try to take second on a ball to left field and if i get thrown out it's okay we're going to talk about what i was thinking and if my thought process was wrong we'll coach we'll coach you through it um but I'm taking a green light mentality because I understand the value of an extra 90 feet and I'm going to go try to make it happen. We want that. We want that for our guys. And when they screw up, which they will, we'll talk about it and figure out was the thought process clean. As long as the thought process was clean and the timing was good, um, it is what it is. But you can't be that guy who's going through this stuff every day and telling him, hey, we got the freedom to fail. And the minute he gets thrown out at second base trying to take a you know, trying to take a 50-50 double, a uh, for sure single and turn it into a double, um, you're going to lose it. You're, you're going to lose that, the ability to have that uh, controlled aggression and all that other stuff if you can't stick, if you can't actually follow through when that guy gets thrown out at second base in the fifth inning of a 1-1 baseball game. Um, now, the earlier it can happen, the better. But, you know, again, I, I think instead of, totally losing it on somebody for having a green light mentality when they do finally get thrown out it's got to be hey what was the thought process there you know me and noah moore had many conversations about this throughout the time i coached him because you know they said man you need to get on him i say no i need to know where his head was at first well coach i blah blah okay i'm good with that i'm good with the thought process i'm good with the thought process hey the scenario the situation maybe wasn't best though you know, so there's always coachable moments, there's coach moments, but the important thing is that they were thinking the right thing. And then it's fine tuning the situation, the scenario in which it's okay to get thrown out uh, within that green light mentality. Um, the next point of emphasis on balls in play is your feet are going to go where your eyes tell them. This is always the big thing, you know, with base runners is you see their head and their eyes going also all over the place. Like, if they want to make a sharp turn, the eyes got to go. The eyes got to go to where you want the feet to go, and that will dictate to the body and your brain what type of round and turn and everything else you got to make to get there. Right? Um, you know, if you're trying to hit the left corner of the bag, but you're looking at the outside corner of the bag, you're never going to hit the left corner of the bag. So helping them understand that your feet are going to go where your eyes tell them to go is important, and that never changes the whole way around the bases. Uh, left foot inside corner, that also doesn't change. And I talked about the importance of that. That's the one thing that your guys are going to want to hit right foot. They're going to want to hit right foot. Uh, they're going to want to hit right foot in the middle of the bag. 
you got to make them you got to make them left foot inside corner of the bag it's the best way to run bases it's going to be faster all the way around by about half a second if they do it right um and it's something they just got to be committed to and when they screw it up you got to point it out and you got to make them do it right um Another point of emphasis on balls in play, chest to the play, find your zone on fly balls. So um see a lot of people do this wrong. Um, it's probably in the, you know, it's easier to talk about this when you got your guys on the field and you're going through, you know, helping them find their zones and stuff on fly balls. But, you know, for instance, if I'm, if I'm getting my secondary at first and there's a fly ball hit the right, okay, my first movement's got to be swinging around chest to the play, right? and I'm extending, and as they're closing in on making a play, then I would be shortening the distance back to first base. But, you know, I see a lot of guys, you know, a fly ball's hit the right field, they're at second base, and they're going to tag, and they're looking here instead of being turned this way where they can see everything in front. Just it's a small thing that makes a huge difference on making sure they vault off the bag on the right path, on the optimal path. You know, if I'm turned around this way, I'm not going to be able to vault off in the line I need to be on. Whereas if I'm, I've got my chest pointed that way, and I'm, I can see the, I can see the play. I'm going to vault right into the line that I need to be on them and see everything around me. Um, you know, if you're at third base, fly ball hit the left field. You know, how many guys have their chest pointed towards the third base dugout instead of having their chest pointed? You know, not all the way towards the play, but at least open to the play. Um, it's it's an important thing, and you got to work on it every single day. It's one of the first things we work on is getting our chest to the play. Um, and then the final thing is from point of emphasis on balls in play. And this is a big one, coaches. If you're not utilizing this termino- terminology, start using it and start practicing this, getting your guys to practice, practice this. I get tired of hearing freeze on line drives. That's not proper. That's not right. It's guys need to vault back on liners. Okay, you got a line drive on the infield. You don't have time for a line. If if I'm at second and there's a line drive hit to my right towards the shortstop, I don't have time to stop and look. Okay, my first movement's got to be back. I'm vaulting back on that. Uh, If you're not sure what a vault looks like, just look it up. Vault back on liners. Um, Really good base running teams do that every single time. It's like they're not they're not committed back to second base, but they vault back to where if there is a play made, they're not going to get doubled up. That's huge. So there's just some points of emphasis on balls in play. Now let's talk about drills that build great base runners. Um, there's a lot of different drills you can use. I'm just going to talk about three of them today. Um, the first one's going to be your bunt circuit. You know, this is good. I I like doing drills where you're working on multiple skills at one time. So we normally end our practice with a bunt circuit. Uh, And a bunt circuit, what that looks like is you got runners at first, runners at second, runners at third. Um, And you got a a hitter at the plate. So four groups. You got hitters at the plate, runners at first, runners at second, runners at third. Uh, The guy at the plate is going to get two sack bunts and a squeeze. So it's three pitches. All right, on the first one, you know, he's squaring, he's laying the sack bunt down to move the guy from first to second. So your guy at first is going to be working on a secondary lead. He's going to be working on getting to 12 feet. Secondary, when the ball's dropped into the machine, we see downward action, we're gone. Um, you're going to second. If it's upward action, we're going to pop up and freeze uh, or get back. Okay, then 
second pitch of the bat. You got your guy at second. He's getting his walking lead, trying to work out to 21 feet. Um, he sees downward angle. He's gone. He sees upward angle on the bunt. He's back. Okay, and then on the third pitch, we're, we either treat it as a safety squeeze or a suicide squeeze, whichever one we're working on that day. Uh, as the ball goes into the chute, we're either gone, and then the emphasis for the bunter obviously is getting the bunt down, getting it in play. Emphasis for the hitter is being on, or the runners being on time, making sure we're not late and all that. So that's a bunt circuit. It's a great thing, you know. We demand, you know, our goal is ninety percent execution on that for our hitters and base runners. So, you know, if the hitter executes but the base runner doesn't, we don't they don't check the box for execution on that one. Um, so you think about three bunts. If you got thirty guys, it's ninety bunt attempts. Whatever ninety percent is of that, um, you know, that's that's what it is. And then we normally from a punishment standpoint just to hold them accountable there's some type of conditioning that's done after that and we normally deduct or it's normally based on whatever the gap was between 90 percent and what they actually got to so that's the bunt circuit i think it's worth doing every day we end our practice every day in the spring with that especially in the early part of the spring as we get through this as we get through the season it's one of those things we probably get a little relaxed on but we probably shouldn't so uh, that's that. So next thing's the base running circuit. Um, and what we care about here is effort and execution. When they screw when they screw up on this, we stop it and we correct it. All right. And when we talk about what is execution, execution is proper angles, proper footwork, proper uh, proper effort, effort and intent. Okay. So what does this look like? You know, on this one, you're going to have three groups on every on every circuit. Okay. And there's four circuits. On the last circuit, you only have two groups. But So circuit number one, you've got one group at home plate going home to first. They're working on eyes go where the feet go, or feet go where the eyes tell it. So my their eyes are locked in on middle, front middle of the bag. And we don't believe in an in abrupt stop and breaking down, like, and looking over the shoulder. I believe in a gradual slowdown, just it's better for injury prevention on the hamstrings and stuff like that. Uh, so they're working on that. They're working on as they run through the bag, having their weight over their left side instead of back. Uh, it gives a visual that, you know, maybe that it, it just helps. We don't have we don't have replay in high school baseball, but it just it gives a visual to the umpire that maybe the play was closer than it was. It also helps limit you hyperextending everything, anything. Um, the other group on there is at first base. They're getting their secondary and they're going first to third really putting an emphasis on left foot inside corner of the bag and taking the proper rounding angle into second. Um, and then the other group there is going third base to home uh, on a squeeze. So, <clears throat> you know, as soon as the, you know, you normally have a coach on the mound, he, he'll like deliver to the plate and they're just going to, it's kind of a wasted around more of a, it's not a wasted around, but more of a like get your feet back under you after going first to third type thing. All right, then circuit two, you're going to have, a group at first base, they're going to be stealing second. Um, that one, you will have a coach on the mound. You will have a group at second base. They're going to be going second. They're going to be scoring from second. Okay. And your emphasis there is going to be on good walk and lead. Um, when you get your pitcher to go through the motion, um, walk and lead, secondary, secondary, boom. Proper rounding angle into third base, left foot inside corner of the back. And this is huge. We teach our guys to power through home plate. 
okay, whether they're going second to third, first to home, or second to home, first to home, third to home. They power through home plate, and they immediately turn around to look for a play behind them. Um, powering through home plate is important because how many times you see somebody pull up before they get home and then something crazy happens and, you know, they don't score that run um, because an out was made before they got there. So you won't put an emphasis on that until you have a run taken off the board because your guy jogged from home plate or from third to home plate uh, on a ball that he was going to score on. He's going to score on anyway, but then your guy who hit the ball got thrown out at second base before the guy who was coming from second home got there because he pulled up like halfway through. So power through home plate, turn around, and look to help anybody who's coming behind you. Um, and then you're also going to have a group at first who's working on taking good aggressive rounds and turns around first base. And again, the emphasis there is I normally have one coach standing out there at like 24 feet off the bag and their job is to get left foot inside corner of the bag, taking the right, uh, taking the right turn and then rounding all the way out to the coach had putting their chest, you know, squaring their chest up to the plate. Um, so that's huge. Your third circuit is going to be a group at home, a group at third and a group at second. So your guys at home are going home to second double your, uh, again, emphasis left foot inside corner of the bag. Um, taking the right angles, right, right turn, all that. Uh, your guys at third base are going to tag. Uh, and, again, this is somewhat of a, you know, just tagging. And we'll just change, okay, on this one, you're tagging on a fly ball in foul territory to left field. So they're going to change, you know, where their chest is pointed. They're going to be chest up to the third base dugout instead of chest up to the to the fair territory. Um and then you got a group who's going to be stealing third base. You'll have a pitcher up there who's going, a coach who's going through his, you know, routine during that so they can steal third. And then round fours, circuit four is only going to be four, uh, sorry, going to be two groups. You're going first to home. Um, this happens more than you think in a game if you're working on it. And then uh, you got another group who's at home plate legging out a triple. Okay. So that is the base running circuit. We do those. We do that once or twice a week, just to kind of, you know, if you wanted to, you can do a bunt circuit one day, base running circuit the other, bunt circuit Wednesday, base running circuit Thursday. You know, something like that. You can do it once a week, twice a week, whatever. We try to do it at least twice a week. So it's also good conditioning. And then the additional um, drills that build great base runners are done during your BP rounds. And uh, this is where your best growth, growth comes from. If you don't do any of the other things that we talked about and you just worked on having a base running group during BP, you'd get exponentially better um, as a base runner, as a base running team. Um, and because guys just, they, they go through many aspects of base running uh, during this. They get comfort level. They get a certain comfort level with balls in play. They get good at seeing impact. Um, they get it, get good at taking an extra bag, getting comfortable vaulting back on line drives. They get really good at finding the proper zone on fly balls. Uh, this is huge right here. Uh, understanding what a ball in the gap looks like from where you are at first base, right? When you're doing the hit and run round and guys are barreling balls up around you, you start getting really good at seeing, okay, when the ball takes that look off the bat, that's what a left center field gap looks like. 
or that's what the right center field gap looks like. Uh, they get a good understanding of chest to the play. You know, I, I say chest to the play, chest to the play probably 100 times a day at practice, you know, just as a reminder. And they get really good at getting their chest to the play. Um, this is huge, too, as far as, like, green light mentality and understanding when we should be trying to take extra bases on our own. But understanding what it looks like when a defender's moving away from the play versus moving towards the play. So the best example I can give you of that is, you know, let's say we're getting our secondary at first, ball in play to left center field gap, all right? We're approaching second base and rounding to take third. But whether we round third and take, whether we just round or take third is going to depend on who fields the ball. So if the left fielder fields that ball going into the left center field gap, I'm, we're going to take third on that. If the center fielder fields that ball moving towards third base, we're not going to take. We're just going to shut it down after we round it and hit the back, right? So it's good for them to see that and start understanding, like, okay, if a ball's hitting the right center field gap, and I'm and sh- when should I go first to third on that? Well, if the center fielder fields that going towards the right field foul pole, we should be trying to go first to third. If the right fielder fields that coming in, you know, through the baseball, probably not going first or third on that. So it's really good for them during BP when they're doing this stuff that helps them see that stuff and start understanding like, okay, this is, that's what he means by, that's what they mean by, you know, he's moving towards the play or away from the play. You can't really replicate that uh, without doing it during BP. So, I mean, the big thing from, from BP round um, base running is the uncomfortable stuff becomes really, really comfortable. Um, and that's huge. It's absolutely vital to your program. It's vital to building bait, uh, great base runners. So those are kind of just some drill ideas you can use. Again, the most vital, if I could put uh, emphasis on, you know, the BP rounds every day, you should have live base runners going through that every single freaking day, man. Uh, you should never miss a day of that. Uh, and I don't think we ever did in 2023, which was huge. So uh, that's that's all I've got from an execution standpoint and and, you know, some drill ideas. There's a bunch of other stuff I do have as well. Um, so if you're a coach who's listening to this and is like, hey, I'd like to learn more about that, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to share anything I have um, with you regarding that just to try to help out. Um, but that's all I got. So just quick recap, you know, you know, well, what we talked about was uh, just a brief intro on, you know, why for me base running is the foundation of our offense, why we work on it the way we work on it, why it's why it's so important. Um, we broke that down. We talked about the core principles of, of great base running teams. They're great at the small things. They understand the value of an extra 90 feet. Uh, they have a green light mentality, and all that stuff leads to confidence. We talked about some ideas for execution, you know, when we should do it, what type of level of focus you should put on it every day. Should we teach less? with more time or should we teach more things in less time? Um, you know, we talked about having a plan and, and holding your coaching staff and holding yourself accountable uh, to executing that plan for base running. You cannot be a great base running team without having a solid plan every single day. We talked about our points of emphasis on balls in play. That's max effort, green light mentality. Your feet are going to go where your eyes tell it. Left foot inside corner of the bag, chest to the play, and vault back on liners. Those are all you know, big things on balls in play that we got to know. Um, and then the drills we talked about were the bunt circuit, base running circuit, and our BP round base running. Uh, and again, our BP rounds is where we get our best work in. So uh, that's all I got. You know, 
those are all the things that are vital to our success as a base running team. Um, I think the thing that you're going to have to remind yourself as a coach, a player, and and you know, parent who's interested in base running is you got to bring energy to this. You know, you have to set the standard that we're going to be a really great base running team, and here's why. Once your kids understand the why, it's amazing what they'll do, man. I our 2023 South Lawrence Bruins were the best base running team I've ever coached in my life, and I've coached some good teams. Athletically, we didn't have the athletes that we had on previous teams. But those guys bought in wholeheartedly to the process, and they executed on it every day uh, to the point that they could run their own practices, really, from a base run standpoint. That's when I knew we'd kind of figured it out. I occasionally would, like, sit back and just watch, uh, and I would give them the plan and just watch the execution, watch them coach each other through it. And you know you're really good when you got guys coaching other guys on how to do it or guys being like, hey, man, that was that was the wrong read there. That was, you know, this or that. It just is huge. So. Um, that's all I got. It's it's vital. Um, you're going to create extra runs every single year uh, on these little things. So, you know, put some emphasis on it, lock in. If I can help you in any way with understanding how to be better at it, I'll be more than happy to do that. Um, but that's all I got. So, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, this was episode five of season two. We're going to keep them rolling on Mondays. Um, continue to look forward to them. You can you can help us out tremendously and I don't know where the like is. There's like a like here or a subscribe here or whatever, a thumbs up and a subscription go a long way. It doesn't cost you anything uh, other than just clicking a button, you know, and that'll help the show out tremendously for us to continue to grow um, and all that. So please, if there's one thing you can do for me, click like, click subscribe. Um, and if you know, if you have a friend, coaching friend, parent, player who could benefit from this, share this with them. Um, we've grown just a ton in the last year. Um, and I can tell based on just looking at the analytics now, we're really starting to hit a second level of exponential growth, which is good for reaching a lot of people every week, but it's always good to reach more. Um, so just help us out if you can there. And um, I can't thank you enough for your your commitment to us and and continuing to to tune in every week and listen and learn and offer input and everything else. Couldn't do it without you guys. You know, we've talked a hundred times about what our goal is here is to build better athletes, people, coaches, um, and all that. So, you know, we can't do it without people tuning in. Though. So, you know, everything that you you guys do, I'm extremely grateful and appreciative for, uh, and I hope you'll continue to continue on this journey with us but that's all i got for this week it's a little bit shorter episode i'm gonna give you 10 10 minutes back um of your day but until next time be cool and go titans we'll see ya